Welcome back to another edition of the Penn State 365 podcast. I'm Richard Schneiderite, the Nittany Nation publisher. Uh, we're also partnered with Penn State Rivals, and I'm the publisher over there. Dylan's uh, the head writer, senior writer, whatever you want to call him. Dylan, what's going on, man? Uh, not much, Richard. It's been a lot, a, a busy yet slow recruiting-wise last few weeks, but it's about to pick up here in the next few weeks with March uh, just right around the corner. So uh, definitely mm-hmm. a great time if uh, our listeners are not subscribed to Nitty Nation to go out there and subscribe because going to have plenty of recruiting information. And uh, spring ball is also uh, right around the corner starting up there. So going to be plenty of information going around on Nitty Nation over the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm tired of this dead period. This whole month of February is just boring. There's no visits. There's nothing going on. But we're at the end finally. It's getting a little exciting. Um, Kenneth Wosley just dropped his top list of schools. Obviously, uh, we have a future cast in for yep. him. Um, for those of you that don't know, Ken Wosley, Kenneth Wosley, Kenny Wosley, whatever you want to call him. He's from uh, Imhotep Charter over in Philly. He's got a million offers, uh, 22 to be exact. Uh, not really a million, but pretty close. Uh, a 5.84 star for rivals, 178th prospect in the country. It seems like Penn State's in the lead here. Am I wrong? No, I, I agree with you. I mean, we put our future cast in all the way back on, uh, at least mine, back on January 28th, coming off his junior day visit to Happy Valley. It seemed mm-hmm. like Penn State uh, has been in the lead for a while there, and that uh, visit really kind of, to a degree, sealed the deal. I know a lot of people inside Lash were a little surprised he didn't commit coming off that visit. Uh, but here we are now, a little bit over – a little bit close to a month later, and it sounds like this could be coming to an end any point now. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just looking at the visitor uh, tally we have on his profile. He's been to campus three times in the past, what, 10, no, less than 10 months, eight months. Yeah, Jeez. he's been a frequent uh, visitor for sure. Yeah, and it wouldn't shock me if he got back to campus pretty soon, but um, it does sound like Penn State's uh, in a pretty good spot here. You said, like you said, you had a future cast since late January in for him. Um this is just big for Penn State if they're able to pull this one off, not only because Terry Smith continues to prove why he's a great recruiter, but also you get back in the Philadelphia area and Imhotep Charter produces. Like, you, you know it better than anyone. Yeah, no, I mean, that that he's a very good player, don't get me wrong, but get stay, making sure you're staying in Imhotep Charter is just as big if you're the Ninny Lines, especially with names like Zermir Mathis, uh, the def- potential five-star defensive end in 2025, mm-hmm. as well as running back Jabri Wallace Coleman, who's currently committed to Georgia, but uh, who has also been uh, <laughs> talking to Penn State quite a bit over the last few months uh, since his commitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, if you're Penn State, even beyond those guys, you want to stay in Imhotep Charter as much as possible because they just produce talent at a ridiculous level. Four-star defensive tackle, Jashir Winnington, another guy. Uh, that Penn State has been in conversations with currently commits Pittsburgh. So definitely never bad to be in on Imhotep. Yeah, and uh, piggyback off that a little bit, talk to me a little bit about Terry Smith and his recruiting and his connections to Philadelphia because he seems like the main point man in terms of uh, that little pipeline they're getting going. Yeah, Terry Smith, I mean, he he knows everybody, I think, in the state of Pennsylvania or (laughs) close to it, it seems, just – any school you talk to, any coaches, any players in Pennsylvania, they always seem to bring up Terry Smith. But Terry's been really just a godsend for Penn State in the Philadelphia region over the last few years, especially down in Philly. Connects really well uh, with all the kids coming out of Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, no surprise, he's from 
out that way. He coached at Gateway, but he has really taken over Philadelphia as well and has become one of the really top recruiters in the country when it comes to recruiting uh, the city of Philadelphia. And uh, especially when you're talking about these cornerbacks, uh, he hits a home run with each and every one. I think Penn State's uh, in it with some kids that normally they wouldn't be just because of the relationships they're building with Smith. Now, Wozley isn't that type of player. This is a kid that fits the Penn State mold, but um, he's definitely Mm -hmm. an integral part to uh, Penn State's recruiting overall, but especially defensively and what they've been doing at the cornerback position the last few years, turning out names like Joey Porter Jr. Kalen King could be the best cornerback in the country next year. And the list goes on. Uh, it, it, I think it's only going to get even better for Penn State at that position going forward. Mm-hmm. Now, talk to me a little bit more about cornerbacks and and Wosley and kind of how he would fit in Penn State. Is he just like an outside guy? Is he, I, I know my personal opinion, he's an inside sure. guy, but what, what do you Yeah, see? no, at, the, at his size, at 5'11", 165, you probably, yeah, definitely lean towards being an inside guy. It's hard to tell how fast he really is. We don't have any hard concrete number on his 40 time or anything like that. But on tape, it looks like he mm-hmm. has good speed. Uh, he's somebody whose tape I've watched quite a bit. I know a couple of people who attend his games regularly and have gone to scout him in person. I haven't been able to do that just yet. But uh, what I keep hearing about him is the speed is pretty solid. The athleticism is good. He shows strong awareness. He's versatile. He, if it doesn't work out for him in the slot, he can play uh on you know on the boundary he could play the field whatever he needs to do uh he could really play which at his size could be advantage i mean five foot eleven is pretty good height a little undersized on the weight category 165 but even beyond just mm-hmm. being a db he, he sets the edge pretty well he knows how to get into that backfield can rush the passer i i think he's not necessarily a player you look at the tape and every, and he, ju- he jumps off wows you in every single play but i think what you're getting in Wosley potentially is a very good overall player who can do a little bit of everything and mm-hmm. as he continues to develop can turn into a nice piece in the secondary uh if it is going to be Penn State or wherever he does end up yeah for sure I mean it, it kind of seems like nowadays like the the better athletes they're always kind of the smaller guys the speedier guys are moving towards that slot position so absolutely this would probably be a, a really good get in terms of uh, covering that and uh look at look at guys like Johnny Dixon yes. Johnny Dixon was playing a little plot this year too like, uh, absolutely it, it's I- and uh, the other thing is, is, and I would say this, uh, listeners of the Penn State 365 podcast have heard me say this before, but cornerback uh, is one of those positions with Terry Smith where uh, even if it doesn't make sense to you, to me, or to any of the fans, you you have to trust what Terry Smith is doing at the cornerback position because all he gets there is results, and especially so over the last few years. So I think with this, uh, even if you if you're not totally wowed, uh, you just trust Terry Smith. Trust uh, the process per se, and what Penn State's been doing at that position. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to see after this draft, especially with Joey Porter going what top twenty, yep. top fifteen, maybe. Yeah, it's they're just producing talent nonstop in, in the cornerbacks and the secondary overall too. I guess absolutely. But uh, moving on from that, there's another big name that uh, we also just future casted over at Penn State Rivals or Nittany Nation, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, Kari Jackson, number 193 in the country. Um, technically, now he's from he's from Michigan, yeah. but he played at IMG last year. 
now he's back in Michigan in his hometown of West Bloomfield. Uh, just talk to me a little bit about Kari Jackson and and his recruitment and why, what made you future captain? Yeah, another kid who I, I think Penn State's been leaning for for a while now. Uh, I actually was pretty close to putting in this future cast for quite a while now. Uh, you know, through our we, we text pretty constantly about recruiting. Mm-hmm. Or if you ask our other co-host Anthony and Marty, uh, I've been pretty high on the fact that I thought Jackson was going to end up in Penn State's 2024 recruiting class at some point. He has not yet, mm-hmm. but he is scheduled to make a commitment, I am told, next Tuesday, I believe it is, the tw- February 28th. And uh, mm-hmm. with that, I did put a future cast in for Penn State. Uh, he was on campus last month um, for one of the Ninny Lines Junior Days in a recruitment that went very well. Uh, sorry, in a visit that went very well for him. He connected very well mm-hmm. with Manny Diaz. That relationship has only strengthened over the last couple months. Al, uh, recruiting uh, coordinator Alan Zemidas has also been an integral part of this recruitment as well. He's done mm-hmm. a bang up job with Jackson. He talks to Jackson quite a bit daily basis on things, even outside of football, what life is at like at Penn state as an athlete or just in general. So those two have been a huge part of this. Um, but also that visit, he was able to come see uh, Penn state. Again, I believe he, that was his, not his first time on campus. I believe he's been here a few times. Um, third time. Yeah. I couldn't remember all the time I had, but he got back to campus uh, got to see the coaching staff again. Got to connect with Coach Franklin again. Diaz, which that is obviously probably the biggest, fact, one of the bigger factors here. Um, and I, I got to say, Manny Diaz coming into Penn State was not known to be uh, always, you know, a cleanup recruiter. He always well-respected as a recruiter, but never a home run hitter per se. But uh, over his time at ha- in Happy Valley so far, we have seen him uh, do a pretty damn good job. I mean, you look at back in last year's class uh, with Tony Rojas, but also Tamir Robinson, because Tamir Robinson had a great relationship with Brent Pry before mm. Pry left for Virginia Tech and was close to committing to Penn State before Pry left, but then had to rebuild a relationship this time with Manny Diaz. And Diaz did a great job of doing that, landed Tamir Robinson, he landed Tony Rojas, also, who we know visited Georgia, visited Clemson, visited Miami. He, Penn State went up against a pretty hefty top other three there to land Rojas. He went, got Specca earlier this cycle uh, from Michigan and Notre Dame. And then um, um, also now with Kari Jackson potentially, uh, whose top seven did not include the in-state Wolverines or Spartans. But it was still a very respectable, very good top seven. Uh, let me read it off here to you in a second. Uh, Cincinnati, Maryland, Missouri, Penn State, UCF, Wisconsin, Stanford. Uh, it may not be a gauntlet of competitors, but there are some pretty damn mm-hmm. good programs in that list. Wisconsin uh, obviously is on a great run right now, recruiting rise with the Luke Fickle hire. Stanford's mm-hmm. always hard to recruit no matter how that well they're playing on the field because of the education. Maryland is always a challenge. Uh, and, and Cincinnati is, you know, even though they have had a coaching changes entering the power five and has is coming off back-to-back really good seasons. So if Penn State can w- win this recruitment next week, this would be a nice pickup for Penn State to say the least. 
Yeah, no, a lot to digest there. But just just to start, I mean, the fact that neither Michigan school's in it is kind of a little crazy to me, number one, because he's been to Michigan State yep. twice in, or three times in the past year. Been to Michigan several times, so that was a little shocking. But he's also not afraid to go from go away from home either, which it seems like, because he did go to IMG for that year. He was an experience. He had 100-something tackles for IMG, yep. which don't, don't ask me why he left, but uh, hey. I get it. Back to your hometown, finish out your high school with your buddies, your friends, all that nonsense. Yeah, if you can perform at that high of a level at a place like IMG where you're playing top-tier mm-hmm. elite talent week in and week out, it says something about the player you are. Uh, and he's a guy, obviously, I mean, really solid size. I think he's at, what, six foot one, 220. Um, solid size, athleticism is good. Uh, it, mm-hmm. I, I think he was probably in the top four or five guys overall for Penn State at linebacker. Um, and mm-hmm. I, again, like Wosley, may not be the f- most flashiest player athleticism-wise or this or that, but just a very sound, strong overall player uh, that I think you get on campus, especially with Penn State's development in the weight room and conditioning-wise. They've done great jobs there. This is the type of kid you take who has a strong foundation – you can make those upgrades per se when it comes to the athleticism or speed or size. And then the finished product could be pretty special. Yeah, no, I know. Um, they obviously call it linebacker you for a reason, but spec is committed yep. or I'll go, let's, let's sure. go back. Let's rewind to 2023 sure. real quick. Rojas, Rojas yep. signed Robinson signed. Yep. Um, who am I missing? There's a third linebacker. in uh, class. Keys. Oh, Kavion Keys, who people like underrate the hell out yes. of for some reason. I love his tape. I think he's a freak. I think yep. if he played at IMG or any other school, he's a Yeah, and guy, I but... forgot to mention when I was going off about Manny Diaz, another recruitment that Penn State had to really battle for Keys against North Carolina, where he's committed forever, and Texas A&M. So, I mean, that, another just great example of how strong a recruiter Manny Diaz has been for Penn State, which – Again, it, it wasn't his reputation coming here. His reputation was being a great defensive coordinator, but he's done both. Yeah, but I mean, you get those three in the 2023 class, and you start off this class with Specka at 209, then you get Kari Jackson at 183. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Who's next? Yeah, they've just been doing just a fantastic job, and, and you're right. Who Who is next? And uh, Indian Nation subscribers would know on Friday morning we posted an article uh, talking about how Penn State is in such a good spot for linebackers in this 2024 recruiting class, even beyond Kari Jackson. You got names like Jalen Harvey, who we do have ranked as a four-star uh, linebacker here at Rivals, two, 203rd nationally. But I think we both think that he is most likely going to end up on the edge at Penn State. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you have uh, number 57th nationally, Aaron Chiles or Chiles. Um, number 157 inside linebacker, Christopher Jones, Jackson, Mississippi outside linebacker, Jamonte Waller, who Penn State is in, I think, a really good spot for. It's going to be hard to keep up this momentum and land him out of the South, especially now that the likes of Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, LSU have entered that recruitment. But they're in a good spot there. And then you got Brian Robinson who out in Ohio seems to be leaning towards Michigan, but that recruitment is still open. Uh, we'll see what Penn State could do here. But, I mean, you look at that, that's one, two, three, four, five, six other linebackers, uh, including 
Kari Jackson uh, that Penn State could possibly add in this 2024 class. Uh, we think they're probably going to take three, so we're only probably going to talk about taking one more of these here. But mm-hmm. when you have that pick, I mean, you gotta you gotta love uh, love it if you're Penn State because no matter what here, as long as you land one of these other guys here, you're gonna end up with a pretty damn good linebacker room in this class. Yeah, no kidding. One, one I say one to two, just because, like you said before, Harvey is it's already six yeah. two. Like he says he's two forty five, but he's probably more than that at this point. So he he's an yeah. edge guy, and, like without a doubt, and, in my mind. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a possibility that if Say they do land Jackson, but then you land a guy like Christopher Jones. But late in the cycle, mm-hmm. Aaron uh, Chili's Charles uh, once once in for some reason, or perhaps he committed elsewhere, mm-hmm. and then it was a thing different. I, I I'm not sure you're that he's the type of talent that you could necessarily turn down. Uh, oh. So <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think there's the possibility of four, depending on the circumstances of thing. But I would say. Uh, at least three here in this cycle. Yeah. So now we, we talked about linebackers. We talked about defensive backs. I, I want to turn it around to the opposite sure. side of the ball. I know we're getting, we're, I know we're supposed to make this one a little short, but we're going to go a little long here sure. on this one. Uh, but let's talk about the official first official visitor, yeah. I guess, a confirmed official visitor of 2024 cycle. Uh, Caleb Bodum. I know we have him as listed as a wide receiver, but he's probably a tight end at the next level. Depends on how he grows, I guess. But, uh, Kid out of Georgia, Carrollton, Georgia, four star, top fifty tight end, wide receiver. Talk to me a little bit more about yeah, him. Yeah, so Penn State is recruiting him as a tight end. He's been uh talking with Ty Howe a ton over the last few months. Penn State offered him in November, and by January they were mm-hmm. already making a pretty big impact in his recruitment. In fact, he's told uh Rivals National Recruiting Analyst Ryan Wright back in January that he was already thinking about taking an official visit to Penn State. Uh, so this comes as really no surprise, um, but six five two fifteen. I mean that's elite size uh, that doesn't grow on trees. Uh, if that if he does uh, make the move to tight end, the next level, it's very good size for a tight end. But say they want to keep him a wide receiver, that that is terrific size to have a wide receiver. Four point six forty yard dash for which at that size is pretty impressive. Uh, looks on tape to have strong hands, good athleticism, uh, nice catch radius. Uh, Again, kind of a full package type player here. I mean, four-star recruit. We don't have him ranked within the top 250, but this is a kid who's been rising up the rankings the last few months. He recently became a four-star recruit. So I still think there's a chance that he becomes a top 250 player in the country uh, here in the near future. Um, in terms of other com- competition here, Florida, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Vanderbilt are some early contenders. I'm sure some others will pop up here. But definitely have to like Penn State's chances, especially now that they're, they've locked in their official visit first. Uh, that does say something about them and this recruitment. Um, but overall, uh, really solid play overall. Uh, and production mm-hmm. uh, going up against really strong talent down in Georgia, plays for a very good high school. In Carrollton, 64 receptions, 1,100 yards, 13 touchdowns. Nothing to uh, scoff at when you're talking about uh, uh, elite Georgia players going up against uh, fellow elite talent because Carrollton plays some pretty big-name schools down there uh, in the Peach State. Yeah, for sure. Now, 
I want to end this pod or wrap it back up with uh, kind of what we started with. Spring's right around the corner. Yeah. Spring ball's around the corner, which means which means one thing. It means that there's going to be a bunch of recruits on campus. Absolutely. Now we already have we have a list kind of growing a little bit. Um, I don't know if you have it pulled yeah, up. Let me or pull, if, if you want, uh, me to I'll pull it up over. quickly. You can begin going over. I'll pull it up. So, so it's very Jersey heavy so far. Um, Koyo Ahmad, new director of recruiting personnel, or what? I don't know. They, they just give these guys titles at this point. Um, it's it's kind of insane. And then you get to promote it, and then they just add something to yes. that title. But uh, Koyo Ahmad came over he, from Syracuse. He was director of high school relations over there. He's he's a big Jersey guy. He's got a ton of connections. I can't understate that enough. I've been hyping it up on our boards ever since yes. they hired him. You, 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 they hired him a week later. Yes. They land Jay Wayne Matthews, who's number yeah. seventy-seven. And, and they're already off to a great start with Amari Gaines as well in that twenty twenty-five class mm-hmm. out of New Jersey. So that's probably two four stars right there in 2025. And we're not even there yet. We're not even close to 2025. Um, he's doing a hell of a job with 2024. One of those visitors I want to highlight real quick before I go through over the list. Jordan Thomas, four star, number two in Jersey for 2024. Don Bosco Press, yeah. defensive tackle. That's all you guys on the boards want to hear about is defensive Absolutely. tackles. Well, here you go, maybe. This could be the one. I'm hearing that Penn State's in the lead for him right now. Um He's massive. He's huge. He moves great for 6'6", 295. Um, and he's, he did a hell of a pass yeah. rusher from the interior as well. Uh, he packs a mean punch. And my biggest thing with linemen, whether it's offense or defense, I want that guy to be a mean son yep. of a bitch. I'm just going to say. And he is one mean son of a bitch. Yeah, you, you need that dog mentality uh, in your defensive tackles and defensive linemen overall, and even your offensive linemen. If you're in the trenches, you need to have that mentality that you want to drive people into the ground until the whistle blows. Uh, if you're an offensive lineman, that means you know pancaking everybody. If you're a defensive lineman, you want to get to that quarterback and ma- make sure he feels it every time you hit him. Um, but, uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with you there. Yeah, but other than that, there's a couple other interesting names in here. Um, one one interesting one that people aren't really talking about enough is uh, I'm, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, so I apologize. Sani 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 right at sure. Atlantic City High School. Um, so the high school just number one isn't recruited very heavily, and this is where a guy like Quayle Ahmad has enough connections throughout the state that if he sees knows a guy and that knows a guy that knows a guy, they're probably going to get a Penn State offer sure. if they're good enough. And this is this is one of those cases where like most people didn't know about him, and I'm I'm pretty good with Jersey recruits. I did not know who the hell this was. Um, I looked at his tape and I'm like, holy shit, this kid's pretty good. He's a little on the smaller side. He's like six foot, five eleven, five ten maybe even. But this is like where Penn State's going to sneak in and probably try to land a couple guys. I think overall Penn State's going to get back in Jersey heavy. They have a ton of big names coming to campus, and Teron Hale, who's who loves Penn State so far, he's been there a couple times. Um, a New York kid who's it's New Jersey. Yep. It's like right there pretty much. Uh, I think Caden Brown, who's a big uh, Penn State guy out of Erasmus Hall. And uh, Lotsier Brooks, who we're not talking about enough. 2025 out of Millville. He's technically a running back. He was a running back and he was a wide receiver. He's going to be a receiver, slot receiver yep. at the next level. That kid's tape is yeah. amazing. When, and like one of our, our writers, Clay Sauerteague, who used to be our, our lead beat writer, he texted me about this kid, and I'm like, Clay, you don't watch that much recruiting tape. Like, what What the hell? And he goes, I, I don't know. That kid's just good. Like, he's really good. And I'm like, yeah, I've been saying this. He's phenomenal, and he wants to stay close to home. So 
that would be a huge, huge, huge get. And it's just big to get yeah, him on and, campus. And schools around the country are beginning to notice how good he is. I mean, only six offers, but it, it's a pretty damn good six offers. I mean, uh, the three that really pop out, obviously, are Georgia, Penn State, and Tennessee. But uh, Pitt, Rutgers, and West Virginia, I mean, are three really you know solid regional offers to have. Uh, but oh, – mm-hmm. Georgia is is very much one of those sc- schools now, like in Alabama, that if a kid offers them, uh, we may know about them, but if a kid, if Georgia offers a kid, it opens eyes nationally. So I'm sure a lot more offers are going to mm-hmm. be rolling in for Brooks here in the meantime. Uh, but yeah, for Penn State to get him on campus again this early in his recruitment is going to be huge, especially if he does want to stay home. Uh, close to home because I mean, he is, has a chance to be a, a very elite talent here. Um, potentially, you know, for high four-star prospect down the road. Um, so definitely one that you want to get on campus as much as possible early on, because you know, he's going to end up taking visits to these Georgia's Tennessee's Ohio state, so on yep. and so forth. You, you want to make sure you have a lot of momentum going into those visits. You've built yourself up to withstand any type of push those other schools may uh, bring. Not that Penn State can't compete with those schools on the recruiting trail. They have. We have seen them do it. But it's still never easy to go out and beat a Georgia, a Tennessee, Ohio State, so on and so forth on the recruiting trail on a regular basis for these type of prospects. Yeah, and then uh, there, there's a couple other names on this list, too, that I just keep looking up, like Owen, Owen Strybig, yep. if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Wisconsin offensive lineman, he's massive. I know he doesn't have a ranking yet. He's 6'7", 290, 280. Depends on whatever site you're looking at. Um, I know everyone likes to think it's what he has a future cast of Wisconsin, and he doesn't even have a Wisconsin offer, so put it like that. But he's coming to Penn State for a visit, and I think Trout Wing, or Coach Trout is just – on fire lately. We we don't talk. I know we kind of talked about it after the 2023 class ended, but it's kind of, it still extends because Cooper cousins was such an early commit. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past Penn. If, if they, Oh no, he's 2025. Yeah, right? 2025. He's got another yep. year. Okay. So he's got a long way to go still, but this, they're just doing a hell of a job on the offensive line recruiting too. And I don't feel like we talk about that one enough. No, I, I agree that, I mean, I, I did a similar article a couple of weeks ago on how they're doing, on the offensive line in the 2024 recruiting class. They're off to a phenomenal start with a, a boatload of kids, including two that we have future casts in for Kevin Haywood out of Archbishop Wood in Philadelphia and uh, William Satterite out of Archbishop Hoban in, in uh, Ohio. Uh, Satterite is now a top 100 prospect nationally. Haywood is top 250 prospect nationally. They're off to a good start as well with Liam Andrews up in Massachusetts. Um, that one is going to be a dogfight, I think, until Andrews does commit. Satterwhite and Haywood, mm-hmm. obviously much more confident in Penn State's chances there, having future casting for both. But uh, kind of like linebacker, Penn State's just doing a great job early on at offensive line, which is if you're a Penn State fan, you have to love offensive line. Linebacker have been two spots that the Nanny Lions have struggled at always you know hidden on the recruiting trail now they've done a good job the last cycle or two uh but you have to continue to build that depth continue to stack those classes at those key positions especially at the offensive line and they're well on their way to doing that in 2024 and they got off to a great start in 2025 with Jalen matthews uh so yeah trout trout wine for somebody who coming into last year um 
I wouldn't say was on the hot seat, but a lot of people were questioning if he was the right guy for the job. Seeing what he did with the offensive line uh, this past season, now what he's doing recruiting-wise, uh, I guess I think his seat is pretty safe for the foreseeable future, especially if they keep uh, recruiting at this high of a level and the talent obviously continues to develop on the field. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's going to have a top, what, 10 pick yeah, maybe uh, next year? Olu, I mean, Olu, <laughs> the ceiling is uh, – incredibly high for Olu and if he stays healthy this year I think there's a chance he goes top five even yeah what's that uh what's that Michael Jordan quote the ceiling is the roof or the roof is the ceiling or something like that yeah that's close enough that kind of counts but uh all right that's that's pretty much all we got today um before I sign off or let you give your final thoughts I do want to mention Penn State plays Wisconsin this weekend and on the ice hockey rink senior day um, we got a bunch of senior profiles yep. up on the site. Um, that shout out to that crew. They've done a hell of yeah. a job this year, uh, between Catherine, the, between Jacob, between, uh, Caitlin even helping out. and yeah, they've, they've done so much work on, on this hockey team. If you, if you don't follow us for hockey, like you're, yeah, you're missing and, out and, big time because there's like seven to 12, 12 this, articles a week. And I'm like, dude, hold on. I got to add a this great like, time too, because Penn state's top 10 of the Paradise rankings, um, uh, possible mm-hmm. chance had you know uh, a big 10 tournament title here and if they can do that perhaps get into the uh nca ice hockey tournament uh as well uh which i believe one of the regionals is in allentown this year so if they can make it there it seems like a pretty good bet that they would be playing close to home um so definitely a great time to come follow along our hockey coverage which is only going to continue to grow as well mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, speaking of other uh, other Olympic sports, uh, we, we got baseball coverage. We too. we, no, we have every about this sport yet. pretty much covered. <laughs> if we don't right now, we're we're going to have yeah. pretty much every sport covered. I mean, we um, while football and basketball may be you know what brings the money, the we cover Penn State athletics, not just Penn State football and basketball. We cover Penn State athletics. There's a lot more out there than just those two you know, major sports. And we've been showing love to all these different sports throughout the year. And we're going to continue to do so. And it's, uh, I think become one of our great trademarks that not many other sites uh, in our industry period do is give love to a little bit of everybody. Yeah. And like I was saying, we got, we got a couple of baseball writers. I know Catherine and uh, Caitlin are going to handle baseball this season. And I honestly, I saw that Miami win. On, that, uh, that, was, Friday and I was like, that was, that was, that was to go out and almost take two. I know they lost the series, but it's almost take two of three from the top 25 Miami team uh, is pretty impressive way to start. Uh, we'll see if they can continue uh, the good start this weekend. Yeah, this weekend they play in the USA Baseball Complex or Classic or whatever. Yeah. They make a new name for every whatever. Um, Northern Illinois, they're going to face a doubleheader, and then they're playing Maine, then Monmouth. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they got a – four games sweeps a little much, but three out of three and one, I, I mean, yeah, I'd be pretty impressed. I, before we go, I know we kind of just keep adding topics, but but we <laughs> we would be not doing our job if we did not mention uh, the men's basketball team making a – Late, oh, yeah. late season push for the NCAA tournament. They, you know, were a bubble team for the longest time, fell out of bubble contention, but now mm-hmm. have won three straight, picked up a much needed quad one victory over Ohio State last weekend. Which, by the way, I love. Sorry, last night. Uh, by the way, I love that you can 
be under 500, still be a quad one victory. Um, but the Big Ten is super overrated. But we they pick up a big that. win over Ohio State, winners of three straight. They still have a tough road ahead of them if they're going to make the NCAA tournament. But every win right now counts. And if they can, you know, pick up two wins in the Big Ten tournament, perhaps uh, they could find their way into the March Madness here next month. That's true. Um, I know they face Rutgers on Sunday. Uh, I don't know when our next pod will be, probably next week. We're going to try to Absolutely. do this weekly going forward. Um, the, this Rutgers team just got beat to hell by uh, Michigan on Friday. Uh, Friday, Thursday, um, very ugly game. They're injured. So, I mean, Penn state has a chance and this is a home game. Like, I don't know how big of a crowd they're expecting, but I'm, I'm hearing it should be a pretty solid crowd. Students are hyped and amped yep. and Penn state, as long as they're shooting well and Jalen Pickett's not shooting like he did in the first half and he's shooting like he did in the second half of Ohio state. They have a shot. Yep. They have, they, a really they have good Rutgers, uh, Northwestern and Maryland left. So it will be tough. And it seems like the magic number to really get, your to elevate your chances of making the tournament is uh, about twenty wins. They're now sitting at seventeen. So I mean, if you can if you can pick up even one win out of these next three, and then roll off two wins in the tournament, uh, or perhaps make a run to the Big Ten tournament uh, championship game, uh, I think we could talk about the Nanny Lions mm-hmm. uh, going marching uh, next month. Uh, but it is still an uphill climb uh, to say the least. It's it's going to be tough. Uh, with two of the those games left being at home, they are, I believe, twelve and three at home this year, so that is in their favor. But uh, definitely going to be a really tough stretch there. Three of the better teams in the Big Ten this season. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know it's a Q two, but this Q two might be worth more, like kind of worth more than the Q one they just had because Ohio State might fall to Q one territory and Rutgers might bounce into Q one territory. It's weird. This whole. The whole quadrant sec thing is just fucked, but we'll, that whatever. We'll talk about that another day. But uh, anything else? No, I don't think, I think so. We covered pretty much everything we could in this episode. Uh, and yeah, like you mm-hmm. said, we're going to be trying, definitely going to be doing these once per week, perhaps more if uh, there's enough uh, to cover. Uh, and yeah, we have, I mean, we have big plans for the podcast. We have big plans for the site going over the next few months. So uh, like I said, the top of the mm-hmm. podcast, never better never been a better time to uh, subscribe over at Nitty Nation uh, because it is going to be very busy uh, on the recruiting trail, off the recruiting trail, uh, really between now uh, and uh, next February. So uh, it's going to be pretty nonstop once we hit March. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned for a bunch of more Penn State content, whether that be football, basketball, baseball, hockey, anything that's Penn State athletics. We were wrestling. I keep forgetting about geez that I just assume they're going to win it all again. So it's greatest dynasty in sports. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's honestly it's it's up there. You might have to get an article going about that. Well, we'll to see. But uh, for me and Dylan, this is the Penn State 365 podcast. If you don't already subscribe, subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting network. Give us five stars because why not? We deserve it. We just worked hard to do this. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So stay stay tuned. We'll have another episode next week. And uh, we are.